0: Market your brand and personalize your message. Brand Squad opens doors to new ideas, helping to grow your business with smarter marketing. Thousands of promotional items, thousands of ideas, turn prospects into customers with Brand Squad's memorable promotional products. Simple marketing, effective results. We do the thinking, you do the winning. Brand Squad, on point with your promotional products.
1: Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Tiki Hut Studios. We are in the studio today. I am your I am your co-host, Mr. Ken Rose, on the Joe Knows show, and here's the host.
2: <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to Joe Knows with Ken Rose and Lisa. To unfortunately we don't have the lovely Miss Lisa today, uh, our eye candy is missing. She's under the weather. She is under the weather. So uh, we gave her the day off. Generous that we are. Uh, I think we'll uh, double her bonus for today.
1: <laughs> And as you can (laughs) see, uh, Joe and I are always on vacation. So, but, um, over the next few weeks, we'll be broadcasting from some of the most famous beaches in Florida. Right behind us here, you can see Joe and I are at beautiful Clearwater Beach. That's right. Just a couple of hours <laughs> left of here, or, or right of here, depending on which direction I'm facing. A
2: <laughs> hey, beach I promise never to wear my Speedo at. No Speedo, <laughs> no Joe. Speedos. We know the
1: Speedo rule around here. <laughs>
2: Somebody asked me this morning if I was wearing a Speedo. I said, you'll never know.
3: <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, you know,
2: I love that tune. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm warming up to a lot of our music Some of our music I still think is a little out there for me But uh, I love that one I don't know, it just kind of makes me want to get on my um, Get my Funkadelic Get the on, show rolling know. Yeah, get the <laughs> show rolling uh, Were you a fan of Funk?
1: Yeah, music yeah, genre? yeah. I mean, I mean, the funk, uh, yeah, like, like, you know, well, funk comes in a variety of packages, but but Rick James yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. You know, yeah, just, even
2: the stuff before that. Um, all that heavy bass
1: stuff. The heavy bass stuff. You know, stuff. Wild Cherry, bump, 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 bump. Came bum, out of the bum, 70s, bum, bum,
2: yeah, oh yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, funk, you know, chic and all that stuff. Yeah. Because funk, I guess, became, went into disco. Something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah well, it became, well, it came into disco, I think.
2: Do you know what's you know? really cool about funk is that funk... Had a time in the 70s, the, the early 70s, where it was really popular as a music genre, kind of up there, and a lot of it because of Soul Train and, and Shaft and Shaft, Shaft. Shaft. But here's the thing. Uh I, I was really surprised to find out that Jean that as a genre, funk is still very popular, but it's it's just not in that pop style. It's not like Rock and roll where right. you're gonna hear it doesn't get a lot of the branding and advertising. And that's kind of the cool vibe to it. You know, you can still find good funk, especially if you're in places like New York, LA in the bigger cities. Because right. those guys have been around forever, you know, they won't get paid a lot of money, so they go to the bigger bigger places. Well,
1: but. even Reggae's got that kind of funk. It does.
2: It does. And they they're very much married. Yes. Uh, in a lot of ways.
1: Very bass heavy.
2: Very heavy. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you just want a know, groove you don't you know you could with funk you can still you can do the white guy overbite you know you know <laughs> what the white guy is. Eh. Yep,
1: that's right. That's we the white guy go. Over we me. go. Doesn't
2: matter what my hips do. Like, that's right. It's all in the shoulders and the neck, <laughs> you know. Gets harder and harder as I get older. <laughs> hey,
1: hey man, how was your weekend?
2: Did you do anything fun? Um, I actually worked in the garden a lot. Did you? I worked in the garden a lot. I managed to get I've been working cuz you know I was sick for 6 weeks right. and I lost a lot of time, stuff that I might spend an hour, hour and a half out there doing over the course of 6 weeks, 2-3 times sure. a week got held up. And um I've got my uh, and I'm doing a lot of experimenting this year. Mm-hmm. Patty and I are hoping to buy a house, right? And uh, you know, we're we're working on that. I mean, if we can find one in my price range, and because you know, although I'm a realtor, I am not wealthy. You know, I'm I'm not dropping you know seven hundred thousand dollars on a house that's only worth five.
1: Well, well you, you know what? I, I funny you mentioned real estate today because because I sometimes we talk about real estate, and and I was reading an article, and and it wasn't until 1968 that the federal housing administration finally allowed women to use their salaries. Oh yeah. To to yep. to buy houses. Mm-hmm. But if 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 you look deeper into that change the the crap that that went on where where these bankers they would sometimes make couples um uh write letters that they will not have children. That oh, yeah. <laughs> or or they would re- require the, the the wife to be on birth control in in order to um, accept her her salary as a mortgage um, or sterility um, just and and it was up to the bank officer to determine if the woman was going to go back to work after she had a child and it it was so draconian.
2: Do you know, and you here's know. the thing, it, and it always comes down to down to qualifications. I mean, how many bank officers checked with that family two years? Right, right. right. <laughs> right. Well, oh, for, we're gonna rescind your mortgage. You got four 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 uh, rugrats running around.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, uh, and I know mortgage officers do a phenomenal job. So, so I'm I'm not. I have nothing against mortgage officers. Underwriters, I've never met an underwriter. I don't think right. they really exist. But the whole qualification process really sucks because. Nine out of 10 people that buy a home and qualify for a home the day after they close, they got two brand new cars yep, in the yep. driveway, jet skis, boats,
0: furn-
2: furniture. Rooms to
1: go is coming by their house three times a day. Amazon's there. So so it's such a farce.
2: The fence guy. Yeah.
1: The fence guy is there. The pool guy is there. All the of soul- that
2: gets financed. <laughs> it's all
1: financed. So So to me, the easiest way to approve people for a mortgage is if they've had a good rental history, Give them a mortgage.
2: Do you know? And it's really funny because
1: I know we're in real estate.
2: but I mean, know. yeah, we're in real estate, I get hot and, and we bothered. don't want to. We don't want We talk about real estate a lot, but that's again, it's one of those things that's in an industry that's skewed. I mean, for instance, our industry is broken, and part of the reason our industry is broken is the National Association of Realtors, because they make all of their money not on the success of people who join, but on the number of the number. It's all about numbers. It's, it's, it's the brokerage. The brokerage concept, and don't get me wrong, I love my current brokers, but I've had four really bad brokers. I had three really bad brokers and one who was okay. Um, (laughs) Darlene and Steve are great. I love them to death. That's why I work with them, because they are the real deal. But they're they're the exception to the rule. Well, and you, you know, I mean, the exceptions to the rule... Um, where they, their focus is the success of their agents, right? Correct. They, they don't. They're not Darlene and Steve. And, and this is the the industry itself would be better, not just as a realtor, but as home buyers. Mm-hmm. If somebody would find a way, and trust me, I'm I'm working on. I'm thinking about it all the time. How do you how do you make that change, right? Right. Um, but it's brokers make money in general, based on the number of realtors they have. They have a, th- they, they almost have, I call it the Olive Garden mentality. You know, <laughs> I went, I worked for Olive Garden. And when I went to work for Olive Garden, they pretty much, if you had a hu- had a pulse and you could read the menu, <laughs> you could get hired. Right, right. And they would hire you and they would train you for a couple of weeks. At the end of the a couple of weeks, they'd you know at one point and i had a restaurant you know a coffee shop at one point i knew i had to hire three people to get one decent one because i knew two just weren't going to work out but olive garden, when i went to work for olive garden i was like you know they hired 15 of us one day literally two weeks later there were four of us left two weeks after that it was like me and one other guy you know and we were desperate for a job
1: but 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 it's interesting i mean my 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 brother did a post last night, um, and one of his businesses he has three managers. and he's always have to do more or whatever. So what he finally decided, something brand new was was he asked all three of his managers to list every employee in order of the, the job that they do. not the not their job title, but it, does this person do a good job? great job all the way down to the bottom, so that this way, he's got three managers giving three reviews, and it's not you know a major thing. So that he can eliminate the weakest people and bring new people in. Right. yeah, Makes
2: know. sense. Do you know? And I gotta say, you and I talked about this earlier. I've, I've in all honesty, do you have one of those little coupons in hand? I reachable. I, so I, Ken, I do not. Ken and Lisa at a couple of events I was at gave away a uh, co-branding with uh, with his brother Bagel Brothers. Bagel Brothers. Um, and is it Bagel Brothers or Bagel Bros?
1: Well, it's Bagel Brothers, but they shorten it to Bros because otherwise the, the, oh, the oh, sign okay. would be, like, 30 <laughs> feet long.
2: <laughs> I thought that was something about the big chain or Yeah, or no, no, like Bagel that, Bros. You know? it was just, Bagel they, they
1: shortened it up because it was just easier <laughs> for like logos. And, I like and, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways,
2: so I had a couple of these coupons been kicking around in my glove compartment for... Couple of weeks and this <laughs> yes. Pat's put me on Dave Ramsey, you know, when I was cleaning out the car and came across these. And, and you know, I really needed to eat something one morning, and I was like, Oh man, I've been meaning to lose. I went down there, so that was last week. I used two of them, <laughs> you know. Um, stopped by today, and I gotta say, you go in this place, and it is hard to tell that it's not a big national chain. If you didn't know better, you'd think this was just one of 700 sure. up and down. On the east coast and it comes even as far as the young man who was waiting on me um i ordered a garlic bagel can you tell should i no no i up? can't <laughs> tell from here
1: thank god we got that must have, that, yeah, invisible must have plexiglass. that invisible plexiglass what the hell's going on um face that way
0: joe <laughs> he uh
2: he went to check he left his register went over to check the to make sure he had the veggie cream cheese that I mm-hmm. ordered. He came back and he says, you know, we don't have the veggie cream cheese. I'm terribly sorry, but we do have chives, which is in the veggie cream cheese. So I did that. And I was just impressed with the training that did. I mean, if you, <laughs> you go to a lot of places and I won't name them just because <laughs> I don't want to get a cease and desist order, changes, chains. They would have taken that order. I would have paid for it. And then they would have told me after the fact, oh, we don't have that.
1: <laughs> Upgrade, cross sound, know, whatever.
2: <laughs> That's right, yeah. but it, but this and this guy was like totally in, and and I know I don't know. That's in today's market, you see a lot of counter people, and that's impressive. And that comes down to not just doesn't just say a lot about the young man, but it says a lot about the organization Train. that he would he would be willing to do that. You know.
1: Sure. Um, S- speaking of cease and desist, <laughs> that brings up a
2: sore subject. A sore, crux, a sore subject in us. my
1: spine. <laughs> uh, um. On on last week's show, because uh, because obviously we broadcast live on Tuesdays, but we really don't put the show out there till Wednesdays. And um, somebody ha- I re- somebody reached out to me, and because they had heard from somebody else that um, somebody was unhappy with what I had mentioned, and um, so 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 I, d- I decided to edit myself. Um, and then I thought about it more, and I'm like, Joe, you know. Why am I censoring myself? I didn't, I didn't do anything uh, negative towards um, the the sponsor. Nothing negative towards the event. Nothing negative towards really anything. But what basically what what happened was we were talking about food, and I I didn't like a particular. Product that we had and I didn't know at the time that it was donated. I didn't know at the time that uh, There were sponsors behind it. I didn't know anything other than The person that I communicated with originally said that they were going to the grocery store to buy what they need so That's that's all I knew and that's all Joe knew and uh, Because I was negative about the product I got some pushback. And uh, instead of being negative about a product, let me just say this. If I'm having a hot dog, it's an all-beef hot dog. It's a Nathan's Famous. It's a Hebrew National. It's a Sabrette, It's a ballpark. Because I want damn all-beef hot dog. And I know red meat's bad for you, but damn it, I want my hot dogs, and I want them the way that I want them. And if it's something subpar, I don't want it on my
4: I don't want it in my house, and 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 that's. Just Lisa and I went to
1: a restaurant in town, and I thought it was absolutely awful, and Lisa thought it was absolutely awful. But every other person I know that's been in that restaurant raves about it, <laughs> so. I, I had two choices. I could go on the air because luckily I have a vehicle to be able to get out there and 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 pitch my pitch what's on my mind. And like a lot of the keyboard cowboys, they, "Oh, this I got to rant about this. I, I said, "You know what? Their food must be great because people love it. It's just not my cup of tea."
2: Right. And right. I left it at that. You know, it's that simple. Cuz a lot of things will affect it. Look, here's the thing about this subject. Okay. Um Ken and I have both agreed to edit this out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our intent is not to hurt anybody's feelings. You know, we don't do this to to piss people off. But frankly, we have both stood on this for a week mm-hmm. and we realize off. Yeah, I mean. And, and what really irritates me about this is we heard this from not a third party, but like a fourth party. Right. You know, so look. I'm going to tell you right now, Ken and I are going to make a guarantee to you. We are never going to edit content again. I'm telling you right (laughs) now, it's not going to happen. Okay? When we do editing, it's to make the show flow better. Correct. So if you have a complaint, if you have a gripe or a criticism or some way to make the show better, you are welcome to call us directly, come visit us directly, have a cup of coffee, or... even better, come on the show. So I will tell everybody from now on, if you got people complaining to you about something we did, then you need to tell those people call us directly. And as a matter of fact, that's in the Bible, it's in James. Read it if you want to figure it out. So uh, I it I'm not I, irritated I at this at these people. We're we're more irritated at ourselves mm-hmm. because of our reaction. To the complaint, we are not here to we're not here to make any enemies. But Frank I like to say we're not here to make friends. What we're here to do is to inspire a little bit. Is to talk about things other people might not talk about. And today's episode, notwithstanding, <laughs> we tend to avoid the news. But this week is just there was just so much. So much. It's just too hard to avoid so, so
1: much news. <laughs> so,
2: so, anyways, look if you had a problem with with something we did, give us a call. Don't call anybody else. and frankly, this is my attitude when I go to church. this is my attitude in business. If I hear something from somebody from somebody, I ignore it. and I'm almost ashamed of myself that we didn't ignore it. Yeah, you know we so um, mentioned
1: no names, but you know what Joe's right? Come on the show.
2: and here's the best point. You know? We didn't know at the time that we did what we did, we weren't we weren't aware that somebody had made a donation. We still don't know who it is.
1: Right, we, we still don't know.
2: And we're not looking into it. Look, no. so, so don't get us wrong. If you have a problem with us, come on the show. At least give us a call and have a cup of coffee. Explain yourself to face-to-face. And I promise I won't slap you.
1: But if you slap us, we're pressing charges. <laughs> no, Joe's absolutely right. I, um, I was I was running um, Southlake Little League years ago, and people would complain from time to time, why do you do it this way, why do you do that? You know, you know, why, why is the food prices the way they are? And, and I would tell people, I'd invite them in, Come to a board meeting, you know. Come see what we do. Come see how how all of these things happen first before you start complaining, right? You, you know, and and I was always open. You, you know, people say, "Well, why is a hot dog two dollars?" Well, here's why. This yeah. is the cost <laughs> of the because again, uh, you know. T- I mean, talking about food and and, and, and Joe's been in a restaurant business. Um, I visit a lot of restaurants, um, so a lot of times people say, "Well, well, well," we're on hot dogs. We're going to talk about hot dogs because I love hot dogs. Um, you know, well, uh, well, a hot dog costs thirty cents. So why are you charging a dollar fifty or two dollars or whatever the number is? But but we all forget that you have the cost of the hot dog, the cost of the bun, the cost of the wrapper to put it in, the mustard, any of the toppings that you get on it, the cost of and the. And you
2: better not miss a topping. You better Correct. have them all available, even if nobody. Right. Even if one out of a hundred guys Wants only it. uses that one. We have it. You gotta have it.
1: Um, you've you've got the the cost of the fuel to fire up the griddle or or the grill to cook it. You have to pay the staff. You have the overhead of electricity, the rent, and everything else baked into the cost of that thirty five cent hot dog.
2: Plus, you know, you you have to have some profit.
1: Plus, you got to make
2: some you money. You know, and because because generally when you're selling something, you're trying to either make money or raise money. Right. You know, I, I used to see this um, when I owned my coffee shop. You know, people. People always say, you know, well, coffee's so cheap, it costs you three cents to put something in that cup. Yes, it cost me three cents to put a brewed pot of coffee in that cup. However, the creamer cost me money. The sweetener cost me money. The cup, and I mean, we're talking 20 years ago. The cup cost me 50 cents. Oh, another four cents for that lid. You know, because right. last time I checked, you couldn't do this. And that was long before the trend of bringing your own cup in. Nobody carried their own. Right. Cups. Well,
1: plus the expense, Joe would fly his wife, Patty, to Hawaii yeah. to to forest the <laughs> coffee in, in, in the Kona fields and fly it back. You know, so it was a lot of added expense. You know,
2: it's funny, though, because I had a my roaster was in California. Right. And I specifically had to find a roaster. It wasn't going to make the nasty coffee the way everybody else I was trying right. to stand out. So yeah. I had to find somebody. You, you ever go someplace, you get a flavored coffee, you haven't put anything in it, and you notice that little bit of oil flowing on the mm-hmm. top? That's because of the flavorings. Oh. Coffee has some natural oil, right. but most <laughs> most coffee roasters use oils, flavored to oils, flavor to flavor the right. coffee. So you you actually don't have any blueberries in a blueberry flavored coffee, right? You got it's a
1: sugary product. It's a
2: sugary product, and it's usually oil or syrup. But that's that's the things nobody nobody anticipates. And, and I got to tell you, I feel bad for restaurants today. Right? I mean, you know, I, I went to uh, I went to a local place, uh, Texas Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. You know, because I love Texas Roadhouse. Yeah, I do too. And they're local. I, I know it's a big chain, but they have one of those systems where the manager is a partner operator he's invested into the business and he's a local member of our community uh paul and his wife vanessa i think it's paul and vanessa i'm pretty sure it's paul and vanessa if i I got your name wrong let me know yeah (laughs) but but the thing is you know their prices we went there we hadn't been there in several months and their prices are a bit higher Mm -hmm. and and you know i mean the cost of beef Right. It's it's people say, well, why, you know, why are cows more expensive? Well, the cows they have are more, a union, <laughs> <laughs> but cows are more expensive because it costs more to get to get them to the places that process the meat. It costs more to feed them. Uh, dairy farmers mm-hmm. are are having to increase their their prices because of the anticipated shortages or increases in the things that they use to feed their cows don't get yourself. A lot of this shortage stuff is going to come back to bite us.
4: Well,
1: you know, Joe, as you know, and, and many people have commented on, on on Facebook that there is no need anymore for farmers, because uh, most people <laughs> have state that they get their corn and soybean right at the grocery store. Right at the grocery so store. So why would you have farmers? <laughs> and that's why our country's the way it is. That's right. Uh, so, but no, Let I, me I mean... Let me ask you
2: something. When you were a kid, did you, do you hunt? No, no. Um, did you hunt when you were a kid? Or did Did you have men in your family that hunted when you were? A no, kid? no, no. Did you, you know people that hunted? Did yes. you know hunting is a thing? Yes,
1: yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And and, and 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 in fact, my next door neighbors, um, they would go deer hunting. Yeah. So and they would and they would hang their 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 catch in, in in the tree, and they and I'd go over there, and they'd show me how they yep. you know quarter up the deer or whatever they do with it, and
2: so all that kind. When of I was stuff. growing up. You know, you had people in the family. I mean, my dad was a dancer. We lived in the city. Okay, so that <laughs> <Dance>
0: <laughs> you know, we didn't
2: get, we didn't go hunting much. Right, but uh, we did get to go stay at the hunting cabin when my uncles went hunting, mm-hmm. and you know, the whole family was there, and it was a good trip. I mean, we learned about uh, things like weapons and and hunting. Then I was talking to somebody recently, and they were telling me about. How many people are are going to you know? You always get those people to think the end of society is come. Look, it's going to get rough for a little while. Right, it's going to be expensive. Economy is going to be weird, um, you know. But here's I can guarantee you one thing: over the next twenty years, a lot of stuff's going to change. That's that's a guarantee. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you it's going to be good. I can't tell you it's going to be bad. It's going to be different in twenty years than tofu it is now. cows <laughs> right. and stuff like that. But here's the thing: <clears throat> I grew up knowing that. If I was really hungry, I had to process meat. Hmm. And when I was in the Marine Corps and they weren't shipping supplies in and we were a little short of fresh meat. Well, you know, there were a couple of goats and maybe a dog or two that uh, (laughs) didn't (laughs) make it home to mama, didn't make it home to mama. (laughs) And, you know, but that's that's that concept of of the snowflake is, is, you know, snowflakes can only arise in a wealthy, protected society. Because in every other society, I mean, how many snowflakes do you think are in Zaire? Zero. Zero. <laughs> how many snowflakes do you think they have in Cuba? It's zero. Zero. All right. And how many snowflakes do you think are in Ukraine today? Zero. Zero. Because these people are so concerned with survival, mm-hmm. with with making things. India. I mean, they're no. If you look at India, they don't have a snowflake culture, because. India is one of those countries in the world that has the greatest disparity between those that are poor and those that are well, rich. That class
1: system, don't they? And they well, have a they have caste a caste system. Caste system.
2: They also have an amazing middle class. There is a lot of there's a lot of people in in India. And in India the Indian government not good bad or indifferent on their method of government, but they've worked very hard over the last 35 40 years to bring up their middle class and expand their middle class. And but they don't have Snowflakes because they're so concerned with feeding their family and surviving. They have priorities. They have priorities.
1: We we just don't have priorities. And and you know I'm I'm not a hunter because nobody in my family ever hunted. Would I hunt? Absolutely. Yeah. If you needed to. Well, you know, hunting isn't my thing. Only because number one, I'm claustrophobic, so I can't sit in a stand. Oh, I'm claustrophobic and I'm afraid of heights. So I can't sit in, in a deer stand in a tree for eight hours because I'd probably shoot myself um, after that this time. Is,
2: this is all perspective. You know there are other ways to hunt, right? Well, yeah. yeah you know you but, don't have to sit up in a tree stand. <laughs> but, but like, like yesterday,
1: I, I, I walked out my back door and my neighbor had two freshly killed turkeys. And I was like, man, you, you know, I always wanted to know what does it taste like to get something that fresh I mean, I mean, obviously I've I've fished and I and I can flay fish and mm-hmm. throw those right on the yep. grill or whatever. But I always wanted about me to get it that fresh, be able to cook it right away and, and what would that be like?
2: See, but fishing you know? and processing a fish is is very much I mean it's a little smaller scale yeah. depending on the size of the fish, but it's the same process. It's getting your hands in there and dealing with cleaning life at its basic. Sure. Right? I mean, you know, I have not hunted. Actually, the truth is, I have not gone hunting since I came back from Beirut Mm -hmm. for obvious reasons, right? I mean, it just, you know, uh, I actually had one of my children ask me when they were teenagers, I was like, son, you know, after you've stalked a man, stalking a deer just doesn't have the same.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's not shooting
2: back. It's not shooting back. But no, it's definitely, I
1: I, I could definitely do it. I mean, I I don't think about Bambi and crap like that. You you know, but but I think that goes back to like, you talked about hunting. Um, Like, Military. Now, none, nobody that I know, I I know like a second or third cousin that 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 that, that was in Vietnam, um, but nobody in my direct family, grandparents, parents, were in the military, so it was never a thought process for me to go to the military. Mm-hmm. You, you know, but I look back now and I'm like, you know, that would have been a good experience, whether it was military, law enforcement, you know, fire, things like that. So,
2: you know, what I, I think it comes down to though, that that I use that example to say that, you know, one of the things the military did do for me, that 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 experience that combat did for me was give me an idea of what is important. I mean, you know, it changes, we talked about priorities, but it changes perspective, right? When my kids were young, I sent them on missions trips, not because we were religious, but because I wanted them to see how other people in the world lived Purpose. And it, it it was funny that all of my children who are amazing people now they're great people they come back and and they they all came back with the and I didn't send them on mission trips where they're going to like babysit the missionary's child right. in you know Sweden right I sent them to missionary trips in India in Colombia you know in actually Dominica places like that right. and they saw real poverty Sure you know, they saw... I can remember one of my sons talked about uh, coming back and how he was changed by the guy that was moved that they had given him like this $140 cooktop cook top walkish sort of thing so he could be a street... And what that did was it didn't just allow him to cook for his family, mm-hmm. but he could now pack it up and bring it to the marketplace sure. and support his family. Correct. You know, it, it was the tool to survival and and it changed him in that it never occurred to me dad that and and i mean these people that he sees are living in i mean a no, lot running, of, water, no huts, running water no running water when we think huts we think grass shacks like tiki but you know a lot of these places in poorer countries are made out of cardboard or oh, press board right. old pieces of old wood pieces lumber of wood, whatever they found or you know the floor you don't sweep the floor because the floor is it's dirt the,
1: it's yeah you know it's the earth that's <laughs> it's the earth
2: um, and, and so it's that neat perspective of they come back and they go, whoa, we have it pretty good. You know, of course they're teenagers, that effect will only last about three, four months, but when they become adults, you know, and go to college, they are completely different. It's a mindset. different perspective.
1: It's, 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 it's like, you know, I always, um, you know, like, like taking the kids to serve Thanksgiving dinner instead of, right. you right. know, <laughs> it, it's all of those things, you know, but. As a
2: matter of fact, my kids and I used to do a Thanksgiving dinner at our church for people, and we did it for many years. And it's really funny that their perspective changed. They don't expect, even when it's just the family now, they don't expect to sit on their butt and watch football. Right. And, you know, it's like who's doing what. Right. Okay? Everybody is Everybody's Everybody's hands helpful. are in. You know. And it's much
1: more rewarding, it you is. know, to, be, to to be helpful. You know, it's uh, you know, it's all of those things.
2: It's all of those things. All right. Anyways, so we promise we will never again edit ourselves. Hell no. Sons Um, of bitches. You know. (laughs) And we actually hope several of you come and complain to us and end up on the show.
1: (laughs) Yeah, most definitely. I I mean, nothing's really off off topic. And speaking of, of topics. I know it's all over the news. You know, nobody knew the Oscars were on the other night. <laughs> it's true. It's was like, was, it, <laughs> w- was there an Oscar award show <laughs> until the incident? And and, and and I know, Joe, I know people are divided. A- again, another stupid thing that people in this country need to be divided about. You know, <laughs> what? did he do the right thing? Did he do the wrong thing? Should his wife have slapped him? Should he just have punched You know, all of these things. And, and and I think that how, how do I how do I say this if I needed to defend my wife or my child and it was a spur of the moment thing I don't know what my reaction would be I don't know if 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 I would yell back I don't know if I would you know hit somebody else out of out of a a, a reflex or whatever it is um I, nobody knows so so i think so many people have opinions and and i think until you're put in that situation you have no idea and i'm going to give you a great example um how to be about 20 years ago 20 years ago I'm, I'm in metro west in orlando and i'm robbed at gunpoint at gunpoint i'm i'm i'm, I'm getting some stuff out of my truck and I turn around, and there's a guy with a gun in my face. Give me your wallet. I'm like, I'll get out of here. He says, "No, I'm serious. Give me your wallet. Oh, and give me that cell phone you just threw down there." And I handed it to him. You know, n- no big deal. Um, I wasn't upset. I wasn't mad. Um, I was none of those things. Oh, here it is. And and then he ran off. And and it wasn't until I got back upstairs to the apartment and broke down, and I was like, oh my God, I could have been dead. So my immediate reaction is, got to get a gun. <laughs> got to get a gun to protect myself. So so I reached out to Orlando police, you know, and, and this is my situation, you, you know, and they have the whole thing, and they and, and they know who the guy is, they know where the guy is, because they have my cell phone, but of course, the police can't do anything because he's being protected by his mother, this and any other thing, so... So, so I asked the police officer, I, I said, well, what would my rights be if I had a gun? So the police officer says, well, first of all, as soon as you pull that trigger, you're responsible for that bullet. Wherever <laughs> it goes, wherever it goes, if, if you miss him and it goes through somebody's window and you kill somebody, you're going to prison. He said, if, if he is running away, you're no longer in harm's way. You're going to prison. If you shoot him... Before he shoots you, and he's facing you, you could go to prison. Mm-hmm. So, you know, w- when all that was said and done, I, I I did get my concealed weapon permit because because I felt that if I ever have to protect my family, if somebody breaks into my home, I want to be able to do that. But again, until you're in a situation, you don't know what you'll do. You you know, I probably could have taken you you know, you know grab the kid or, and the gun out of his hand, and I don't know if the gun was real or not, and. But who knows? So it's easy to critique somebody for what they did. Was it right? Was it wrong? But until you're in that
2: situation, you you never know. It's really funny in in our society. I mean, (laughs) what's really funny is you have to be careful because, you know, I know as a man, I'm terribly careful what I say around women. Absolutely. I'm terribly careful when I'm with women. Mm-hmm. To not be with women alone. And I know that sounds nuts, but it's the world we live in. So nothing, I don't want anything to be mis... If I'm going to pray for a lady, heck, I do it for men. If I'm going to pray for a man, I ask them, may I touch your shoulder? Sure. Right? And it, it's its the world we live in. In that situation, I mean, if you'd had a gun and you to shoot him, you know... Who knows? I mean, you could be on national news. You, you could be fighting for your life. Mm-hmm. For defending your life, or you know?
1: or do I live with that if I killed him? Yeah, because at at the end of the day, he got my cell phone, which is no big deal; it's it's replaceable, and I had like five or ten dollars in cash in my wallet. So he got that and and a gas card or two and. By the time I got back to the house, it had to be I irritating
2: and, when the police told you that his mother was protecting him. What does yeah, that have to do with it? Go right. get the phone. Go get the kid.
1: It's just it's just the way that, that the law is, or you know, it's 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 crazy. But, you know, here you know.
2: I, I was in a church some years ago, and there was this big thing uh, where everybody started buying guns for whatever. And we were you know we were up in Leesburg, so it's not like you know the crime central. So everybody's buying guns, and and and, and this is in a church. And all these people, all these people in my men's group are buying guns. They're training their wives, taking their wives to the range and safety courses. Mm -hmm. Everybody's buying guns. They're buying all these guns, you know, handguns, handguns, handguns. (laughs) They're all talking about how well, you know, and I, you know, with my experience, I'm like, you know, you got to look at somebody when you shoot them, right? I mean, you got, you you know, that's something you don't forget. Right. And they're all like, well, you know, protect my family and, you Mm -hmm. know, come into my house and, About four months later, okay, so this all dies down a little bit. Everybody's all happy and got their guns. And about four months later, we get a bear problem in the area. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, people are getting scared because bears are coming up on the porches. Well,
1: we're taking over their their property.
2: Yeah, they're coming into garages and getting Mm -hmm. in the trash. (laughs) And I'm listening to these guys talk about looking out the window at the bear, and they're so terrified, and they didn't know what to do. And I'm like. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, aren't you the guy that got like a three fifty seven Magnum <laughs> I got long barrel <laughs> like four months ago? All You're right. telling me you have 400 rounds? You know, <laughs> put three or four of them in the bear, I'm pretty sure he's going down. <laughs> and they looked at me and went, well, we shoot a bear, we'll get in trouble.
0: <laughs>
2: and I'm like, aren't you the same guy that was talking about shooting a person? Sure. Well, yeah, but I'm defending my family you are gonna be in trouble <laughs> you, you pull that trigger look here's the deal there's there is some mentality that if you're in the right you're gonna be a co- I defended myself mm-hmm. the cop isn't allowed to do that you know I, I used to teach this to my children look just because a, a police officer isn't allowed to do something you might run across the one that does it anyways and you might actually not go to jail prison. Correct. But you're going to go to jail <laughs> and you're going to have to, and it's the same way with pulling a trigger. Right. You know, you pull that trigger on a person, you can expect to be arrested, you can expect to be arraigned, you can expect to spend several months in jail if you get a bond. Right. You can expect, Well, depending on how popular your crime is and who picks it up in the news.
1: Well, if it's castle doctrine and somebody yeah. is, is in, <laughs> inside your house, you know, Un-
2: you're still going yeah, to get investigated. you're still going to get investigated anyway. But it's, you you it's can that, still
1: protect, but you have to be
2: cautious. It's that concept, of, and again, I use the example of the police because you hear so many of this, oh, he can't do that. Well, he has, you know, he carries a gun and a stick and has a license to use it sure. called a badge. He may eventually get in trouble if you can prove he did something wrong. Right. But the point is, if you're just respectful... Your life is going to get miserable mm-hmm. for a long time, <laughs> for well, a while.
1: <laughs> but 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 I think that's like you know we're where we're getting back to, until you are in a situation where you have to make the, a decision, like we saw in Oscars. You don't know what you're going to do. You should not be you should not tell people well he should have done this or he shouldn't have done that. I think that it's up to the individual, that, and you know what you have to pay the consequences for the for the choices that you make. You, you know I I just think that's. That's the deal.
2: Um, Do you know, I I think one of the reasons people are so fascinated with this is because it is that, is because people ask themselves. I mean, it was a weird thing. Right. It was, you know, he, 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 I mean, it took a while, too. I mean, it took, he didn't just get mad, bam, it was over. He, like, got up. It's like a minute and a half to walk up the stage to get to him, to walk back to his seat. I mean, it's just weird. Very weird. It's one of those things where people think, what would I do? What would I do? Mm -hmm. You know, we it's easy to say what he should have done. Right. What both of them should have done. The question is, what would I do? I mean, and, and you and I were talking about this earlier. It's had Will Smith got up, taken his wife and said, this is inappropriate. I will not sit for this. I am out of here and walked out. Of course. We'd be talking about. Comedy, what's mm-hmm. happened to comedy? Is it mean? Is it appropriate? Sure. Should we be worrying about it being appropriate? The, you know, more of the Oscars thinking. And Will Smith would go down in history. Of course, he's going to go down in history now. Oh, well, yeah. But he's not going to go down in history the way I'm sure he would have wanted to, right? He would have gone mm-hmm. down in history as a guy of character, defending his wife with no problem, you know, giving up whatever might have happened. And here's the best part had he walked out, and they read his name; they'd all been stuck. Correct. Right.
1: Yeah, I. I it, it's just it's a reaction. It it it's a reaction.
2: But instead so. we're to, instead of talking about all of those things, we're talking about again the analogy. Right. What I, you and I were talking about earlier. I was telling Ken that when my when my kids were young, I would make the oldest the babysitter, and I would come back, and he would have locked his, you know, his younger siblings in a, in a room or hit them or something like that. And I'd be like, son, I left you here to make sure the house doesn't burn down and nobody bleeds. Okay. I didn't make You're you the warden. warden. That's right. You're not the warden. You're the babysitter. Oh, your your purpose it, it but instead of us talking about them not listening to you, now we're talking about you locking them in a room. Now you're in a sling. now you're you're in the, in the sling. So,
1: oh yeah, that's just too much. But look, you, you know, it, I, it's just everything that's going on t- today. Everything is 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 over analyzed,
2: over analyzed, you
1: know, o- over analyzed. Uh, you know, and then and then we I saw Friday night. You know, the the drummer from the Foo, Foo Fighters. You know, died of of an overdose. I guess. <laughs>
2: You know, Rocking, and welcome to rock and roll you know, you,
1: you know <laughs> and, and and you know and again what what we all do is we analyze wow you know buddy you know he was he was you know successful and he had a beautiful wife and three kids and why would he do this and 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 we all want to analyze and and we all want it we, we all we all want our answer but you know if it's a mental health issue that's it's a mental health issue and it has to be addressed in in, in those terms. And that way, you, you know, he was great at his job. But as much as we all try to help people through mental health issues, I think that, you know, I don't know. I I, I, I deal with that a little bit now with, with, with somebody in, in my life, you know, how to navigate, and I don't have the answers.
2: Do you know, It's difficult. It, it is a mental health issue, but it, it goes deeper than I. And I because I have a history of drug addiction, <laughs> I really think it comes down to a, a I had a friend that used to break this down and say it's all about self-esteem. I say, it goes deeper than that. Mm-hmm. It is about self-esteem on the surface. You know, but but it comes down more to I think a spiritual issue. Somewhere deep inside you there is something that is off-kilter. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife and I talk to codependents all the time and would tell them, you know, I know you think your life's going to get better as soon as you give up this person, mm-hmm. but you haven't fixed your picker. Right. You picked that person. Yeah. You know, you, you weren't, I mean, I know that you didn't know for sure they did drugs, but there were other signs of the addictive personality. I, I think when you deal with somebody like uh, the drummer to the Foo Fighters, is many of these people, celebrities in rock and roll, the people around them, are, are as much of the problem, and it's the truth with almost any addict. There is somebody in an addict's life that is enabling that. Enabling. You know, and, and I deal with, and of course, because I'm a Christian, I deal with a lot of Christian families, and, and I have told literally thousands of times family members, you have to stop rescuing them. Mm-hmm. Because as long as they, you want them to find Jesus, but as long as you're their savior, they don't need him. Right. You know, and it, it's, I know in my own life, when my wife finally drew a line, uh, you know, there, there came a point once I realized she was serious. <laughs> she wasn't just drawing the line because she was mad. It wasn't a movable line yeah, at that point, was, a, was it? You know? Well it wasn't gonna gonna, you know, disappear with the reins, right? I mean, it was a line. It was a it was a boundary, it was a fence, you know. Um that put me in a spot to have to face some things. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of time and small changes more things as i learned more things and figured out more things that i was able to come to a place where i've been clean and sober all these years mm-hmm. you know and that's i just you know when when i was an addict we didn't have the fentanyl problem <laughs> you know fentanyl was something that came from big pharma mm-hmm. and it was used as fillers for actual opioid-like surgical drugs. It didn't come in blocks from China right. across the southern border. It wasn't used to cut things like methamphetamines and cocaine. Yeah, it, it just, <laughs> you, know.
1: you know, but I think that's just...
2: But it, it, it is, but it, it's almost that much scarier. Well, I think it's sc-
1: scarier, but but you know what? It, it, but it's all deadly. You know, Lisa, Lisa and I always catch this, uh, this show, My 600-Pound Life. Which is, which is, you know, and... and My wife's and, a favorite of that. Well, and, and many of these people, you know, because, well, because you mentioned about enabling and, you know, many of these folks, um, are bedridden. Mm-hmm. I mean, they literally can only get out of bed to use the restroom and right. sometimes they can't do that. And, and you see the, the, the loving family around them that's running to the fast food store that is taking, you know, bringing them pizza and donuts and cakes and things and, 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 you know, bottles of, of pop and soda and and they're enabling this person to get worse but they think that well he's upset let me
2: help him do you know you know uh,
1: i mean and i and i don't know you you know that more about show addiction frustrates and,
2: me for you know, just that reason yeah. it is because you know we're you're so at least you have the person who's usually trying to get some sort of bariatric surgery right they're Correct. trying to do something right. they realize this is a problem mm-hmm. they can't continue and and it gets tough and and I've seen those shows, and and you know the the code is well. What do you want me to do? I want you to stop throwing. Th- It. We see it in the mother, in mothers a lot and grandparents a lot. Dads are not as likely mm-hmm. to be codependents. And I don't know if that's the difference between men and women are, are wired that, you know, women tend to nurture more. But we see this because when a, when a woman addict has a child, generally that child, in most instances, is cared for by the mother right. of the... What ends up happening is the addict can get help so far and when the person who's taking care of the child realizes they're going to have to give up the grandchild, <laughs> then suddenly they get stupid codependent again. You know, like like, right. like giving the money and and stuff. My wife and I actually had somebody... Miss Pat can be up. She can... I mean, Patty You're can... Tough? She could be tough and uh, she was married to me she had to be, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we had somebody ready to go get help. We found a program that would take this woman and her child mm-hmm. for an entire year, year and a half, teach her how to be a good parent, help her with the addiction issues. I mean that, and it was out of the state, right? And of course my wife and I are firm believe pull an addict from their usual surroundings because because if they're trying to get help in their usual surroundings, most hardcore addicts, they have too many connections, mm-hmm. right? When, when I got help, I was in the middle
4: of the swamps of o- So,
2: So literally the program had paid for a plane ticket, and the mother showed up, to drop off the baby and pulled this woman aside and said, okay, I'll give you one more chance. Mm-hmm. You can move in the house. You get a... And my wife was so mad because it was the one back door this woman needed to not go get help. Right. And the mother actually said to Patty, well, what do you want me to do? She's my daughter. And Patty looked at her tears in her eyes, mad. She said, I want you to love your daughter enough to want her to have a future. Right. Wow. You know, and that's, it, it, it's a hard thing. I'm not going to say it's easy, right you know it's it's tough to have somebody in your life that is suffering and you want to alleviate their suffering but sometimes you got to let somebody suffer a little more mm-hmm. you know it's, it's kind of like i uh, had a <laughs> i had had a friend of mine a very a very good man in my life and and he um he used to talk about a, an experience he had when he was a kid where he started to get some something on his leg and he grew up very country and very poor he was five or six years old. And he started to limp because of this thing. He called it a boil of some sort, okay. I'm sure. And his dad had mom and his aunt hold him down on the kitchen table while dad whipped out his trusty pen knife and, yeah. you know. Cleaned him out. Boiled it and he cleaned him out. And he said, you know, I screamed and hollered and dad squeezed and hugged And it hurt a lot. But, you know, when it was all said and done, you know, he healed up. Right. And he could walk fine, you know. And, and that's, that's. <laughs> Like it's Dr. Pimple Popper. It is. Slice and squeeze. <laughs> but that, that's really kind of a definition of helping people. Sometimes you have to let them feel a bit of pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit more
1: suffering <laughs> so right. that you can alleviate.
2: A little more intense suffering right. so you can alleviate it later.
1: Well, what kind of great things we got going on, Joe? What's
2: going on? Actually, I got the coolest thing. My, what you got, Miss Pat Ooh. is a Florida Virtual School teacher. Yeah, we were kind of heavy today. Ooh,
1: so far. What, a, what a what an episode! <laughs>
2: what an episode!
1: This episode will be featured on Nova. That's
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she got this thing. This teacher is doing a project, and I'm hoping you can hear this. <laughs> so I want I'm going to play this for you, and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Bring her up to the mic. Hi, welcome to Pep
3: Talk, a public art project by Westside School. Bienvenidos a Pep Talk, un proyecto creado por los estudiantes de Westside School. Para un mensaje feliz, presiona cinco. Please listen to the following options for encouraging messages. If you're feeling mad, frustrated, or nervous, press one. If you need it, words of encouragement and life advice, press two. If you need a pep talk from kindergartners, press (laughs) 3. If you need to hear kids laughing with delight, press 4. For encouragement in Spanish, press 5. Be grateful for yourself. Dude, live it up. Be you. I trust that you can make things right. Be happy. Try it again. Believe in yourself. If you're feeling up I up high and unbalanced, think of groundhogs. It's okay to be different. Always stay together. Don't give up, power through. We no, already like you. Never back down, never give up. The world is a better place with you in it. Everyone is capable of doing anything. You just have to let yourself shine. Bro, you're looking great. Be <laughs> responsible. Be nice. She's You are okay. We love you.
2: Okay, so that was the encouragement and life advice <laughs> option. I just thought this Patty played for this for me yesterday and I really love it. It was put together by a school. Um, if you have we'll probably put this on the recording. We can put up the the number. It's uh, if you're watching live, you can try it. It's 707-998-8410. Um, it's, was put out by, uh, as a school project, this kindergarten garden teacher did in, of course, Patty works for Florida virtual school that got disseminated through them. I figured we could give people after such heavy subjects, (laughs) we give people something. It's, it's all done by the the kindergartner. So if you're having a rough day, call Mm. that number. I'm actually going to put it in my phone. I don't know how long it'll be active, but, uh very cool I thought that was a very cool thing I was uh, c- kudos to the teacher that thought that up
1: I think I think I think some of the, some, some of the words are coming like you know the, th- the things that stood out uh, in and everything they said was be nice <laughs> Just be nice. Be nice. Be you. And and you are good enough.
2: You are good enough.
1: Uh, You you know, so I I think those are... You can do it. (laughs) Those are strong words. Those are very strong words.
2: Now, the cool thing Um, is I've actually listened to this like three or four times. Right. And it's different almost every time. So I'm sure they had a big enough class. Oh, I'm sure. That they go through 10 or 12 of them. and, And I don't know, maybe kids each did three or four of them, but... Um, it, it is a little different each time and the, the listening to the kindergartner's laugh is kind of cool. And, you know just I mean remember we were talking about perspective perspective, right? It's all about the kids coming behind.
1: Us. No, I, I agree and and um, again, be nice it, you know people it's okay to have an opinion. It's okay <laughs> to to say what you feel you want to say, but be nice about it. Your opinion is right for your for you. Other people's opinion is right for them. It doesn't make you folks enemies. It doesn't make you folks different. You're individual.
2: Do you know that's the cool part about you know, debate? I I know that some of the best conversations I ever had were with people I didn't agree with. Correct. You know, it's it's crazy as it sounds. When I was young and it, when I was young and into that. <laughs> My best friends almost always ended up as somebody that I was in a bar fight in. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody who like just rubbed me the wrong way or said the wrong thing. And of course, I was young and you know, young and dumb. They say I I, I, I started a lot of conversations with this, (laughs) but but many of those people, a good many of them, as a matter of fact, in my from my twenties to my thirties, most people that became very good friends of mine were people that I could not stand. Yeah. Um, and and it was because, although thankfully because of my experience in the Marine Corps, it did not lead me to judgment. It led me to other people live other ways. Not that Marine Corps was touchy feely, but you
4: understood. It's all irrelevant,
1: you know. Just because you are different from somebody doesn't make them better than you. It doesn't make them less than you. We're just different, and if if all we do is just respect each other, mm-hmm. everybody will be a whole lot happier. Because believe me, it's better to live here than most places around this globe. You know. So
2: and that's but that's why the founding fathers in the first half of this. No, first two-thirds of the history of this nation, debate was so important. Mm-hmm. Debate was a completely different thing. I mean, if you look up— well, We don't debate, debate now. From the 50- we, no, we— We put
1: down and yeah. we, you know, disgrace. Uh, we— argue. We disgrace. Yeah. We do not debate. Yeah, we, we, disgrace. we
2: state what we feel is the truth. You know,
1: And it's our truth. Yeah. you know.
2: I mean, it, it, you know, it's funny that, that I had a Christian school. It was a Catholic school. But we actually had a class called debate, and there were rules to debate. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't, you, you had to stick to the subject. Right. You couldn't talk about the other guy's attitude or the way he said Or his it, girlfriend. Or... or his girlfriend. <laughs> you know, and that was, there was some value to that when I got later in life was to realize that you can sway an argument, you know, if you just reason things out. Absolutely. There's if if you if you are interested, you do some fascinating research on what a liberal arts education was 50 years ago, as opposed to what it is today. It was all, one of the one of the the surviving one of the overarching tenets was reason. Was how to how to reason out a subject, and it seems to be that seems to be what we we miss in those conflicts is the re have you ever talked to somebody and they say something you walk away going that is the dumbest thing i've ever heard
1: yeah but it's better to walk away and say it than to (laughs) say it to their face that's the dumbest thing you ever said you know
2: unless you're my friend yeah if you're my friend and i say something dumb help me out that's a dumb thing to say (laughs) joe that was really dumb
1: (laughs) (laughs) anyway Hey, um, on a on a positive note, um, I, I know that our governor signed a bill into law about um, requiring students to take a financial planning course.
2: Oh, I like that.
1: So so instead, you know, rather than knowing how to split an atom, you'll know how to balance a checkbook. <laughs> you'll know what credit scores are. you know what credit is. You'll know all of the tools that our students need to learn. Is that I, high
2: school or college? That's
1: high school. High school, high school students are, will be required to take a financial planning course which teaches them everything about that mortgages and lending and and all of those things that they need in real life because you know when I was in high school my teachers said you, you you know you're not going to have a calculator as an adult we're going to be on a metric system um you're going to need to know it. geometry mm-hmm. and trigonometry and algebra 1 and 2 and and I'm like oh and calculus I didn't realize calculus had no numbers in it until I got to college <laughs> and what? There's no numbers in this math. I must be. In, I must be in an English class. Um, you know, and 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 I've, I've I've got my dictionary, my thesaurus, my calculator, my you know everything I need right here. So my teachers, you were wrong, sons of bitches. Uh, anyway, see, I went to school. I went to school
2: in the '70s, and they tried to get me to take. They encouraged us to take typing class.
1: Yes, you had to ta- yes. You had to take typing. That, that's okay. right.
2: Well, you could avoid it if you were slick. Okay, and I was slick. I avoided it. I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to go into the military. I have just, you know, the, the I had the plan. It was military, it was actor. You know, I wasn't going to need to. And turns out, yeah, you know, the Type world changed. And typing would have been nice 30 years ago, you know. And it's, I still don't. I've actually taken a couple of classes as an older person, but it's hard to rewire those. You pick up the skill, but you haven't been doing it for a long yeah, time. Yeah, it's the... I mean, you know, I get by, but
1: I get by too. You know, you, you know, my dad. Uh, you know, growing up, you know, the one thing my, that my father was good at was typing, and and I'd watch him type, and he'd be like, you know, you know, and not looking and looking over. I'm like, holy shit, how do you know where all the keys are? I'm still hunting and pecking every Mine, day. My mom you know. could do that. She, yeah. she
2: could like type. and a different watch generation. TV and yeah, have a conversation. If I type down, and have a conversation, you know, it's <laughs> going to be Greek. <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: like, what did he just it say?
2: It was it was absolutely <laughs> amazing. But yeah, if. you... If you look, if you look into um those are the sorts of things that you don't realize somebody needs until you're in your
0: 30s. <laughs> right. Right?
2: Because you're like, man, how come I didn't learn this? It's so hard to learn now. You know, <laughs> I, I think one of the balance the checkbook. I think that that every high school student in their junior or senior year should have at least one basic business course. Yeah. Just just to understand that. When I was in school, a business course was something like typing, typing stenography. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the concepts of business. You know, the idea of, of you know marketing yeah, and branding of that. and profit. You know, None just of that. You, you. I think that that America would do very very well. Well, of course, in the seventies, if you if you got a, if you got a bachelor's degree in business, it was all skewed towards you working for a corporation, right. You know, it's it's in one of the good changes is business degrees in the last 40 years have shifted far more towards the entrepreneurial as opposed to the corporate.
1: Right. But to really learn business, Joe, the ultimate business course is in Back to School with yeah, Rodney right. Dangerfield <laughs> that tells you how you got to grease this guy and that guy. That's right.
2: I love that movie. <laughs> lo- I love of, that scene it, in that yeah. movie.
1: <laughs> if you if you've ever really wondered how to start an a <laughs> business, you've got to watch Rodney Dangerfield in Back to School <laughs> in the classroom where he's teaching the professor yeah. about all the palms you have to grease <laughs> and all the loopholes you can avoid. The best part of that
2: scene <laughs> is the professor's trying to call him out like to make him stupid right. cuz he's sitting there and the professor's saying something he's Rolling his eyes, and you know, doing typical the whole Rodney, Dangerfield style. Rodney Dangerfield stuff. Rodney Dangerfield. Then the professor says, "Well, why don't you teach this course?" And he stands up and he says, "Okay, if you want the truth, you know, that's not going to happen. You're going to have to do this. Why are you going to build a building? Why don't you just buy one? There are thousands of empty warehouses, and this and this. Oh yeah, and the teamsters.
1: Yeah, they're going to know about they're that concrete piece, board. That's right. So it's just uh, really funny, but." Uh, <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think I think the governor I think the governor that's it's actually a good move in this right. state. I got to say, you know, just my wife is a teacher. I think uh, I, a move that he made that was necessary but I don't think was completely thought f- through. Last year he signed something into law that starting teachers would start at $45,000 a year. It mm. it leveled, you know. So in the state of Florida, you know, it doesn't matter if you working in Polk County or Lake County or Orange County, you start at the same thing. The problem is, my wife was getting paid in that range, but she'd been a teacher for thirty years, mm-hmm. and the gap between a starting teacher and her where she works
1: was pretty substantial.
2: Was a good twelve, thirteen thousand oh. dollars. Well, when they raised everybody up, they didn't raise her right. up. They gave her a $2,000 bonus because yeah. she had all that experience. And it, it almost feels like, oh. It's a screwy thing. Yeah. You know, you want to attract the new teachers, but what about those of us who have been. Because i tell you, you want to see the schools collapse? Get rid of teachers that have been teaching more in 10 years. Right. Watch it all fall apart. You need their perspective. You need their experience.
1: Well, you know, what, what, what would be good, though, because I, I would love to teach a high school business class. Yeah. Because I have more business experience. Than a teacher that took business classes, <laughs> you know, because when you have no money in a business checking account, and you got to arrange to get things done. You have to <laughs> figure right. out how to do those That's things. Right. But anyway,
2: what a, what right. a great show, man! Yeah,
1: let's do your. You know, what we should.
2: You know, what we should teach a class on. We should teach a class on free marketing. You need to market your business for free. For free, well, all the things you can do, because there's a lot of stuff people don't realize that everybody thinks. Business. I actually heard somebody say, "Well." You know, I'd like to do that, but it takes money to make money. And I said, well, if you're a little bit creative and willing to work, you, you can. I mean, yes, eventually you're going to have to drop some investment, but you can make it happen.
1: Hey, look, you know, this is free marketing. <laughs> this is free marketing. <laughs> so so for my marketing minute, hey, uh, Ken Rose with Minute Man Press. We design, print, and promote you. And... You always have to market. We market every day. I, I'm thinking about marketing. I'm either thinking about marketing, doing marketing, or just finished up marketing. And this show is a, is another free marketing tool. So I, I, I use it to market my company. My, uh, Lisa uses it for Brand Squad. Joe uses it for, he's going to tell you about his company. Um, and you have to have multiple marketing methods. So if you're using print You need to do something else, whether it's um, social media, whether it's person to person, whether it's direct mail. And for those of you that are in the business leaders, we're going to have a special marketing class on Thursday. So you'll see me there. Here's my partner. He's going to tell you about what he does other than what he does. (laughs) Go. Go.
2: Well, as you all know, because I've talked about it so much, is uh, I am with Remax Titanium. We talk about real estate a lot because that's my full-time gig. Um, and I wanted to say that, you know, when you, if you're getting ready to buy or sell a house, talk to a realtor. Hopefully talk to me. Okay, but talk to a realtor, somebody with a little bit of experience. And i got to say this, although it goes against today's conventional wisdom. I was talking to somebody recently, and he said, well, I should have known they, were, they weren't very good. They only had seven reviews. And I said, well, you know, the hard thing about selecting a realtor by the reviews they have is that's only somebody who's focused on getting reviews. It doesn't necessarily tell you, the best guy? Do they have experience? Have they done transactions? Are they a good fit for you? Do they have? Strategy? Can you reach them? Can you reach? What do they stuck pick with voicemail? up a phone? Right. If you leave a voicemail, how long till you get called back? Mm-hmm. I, I have I have listings. I, I I call listings sometimes. These guys don't call me back for if I show, I want to show their house and they don't call me back for three days and I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding me? So the thing is, you need to talk to and that's my marketing minute. And, and I'm not even talking about working with a realtor. That's a decision you can make down the road. You should talk to one. And when you talk to that realtor, they should know what they're talking about. They should see the business. They should be able to talk intelligently about why prices are up. Why is it hard to get a loan? If, if they can't tell you why prices are high in depth, if they can't tell you how, why it's hard to get, why. The requirements to get a loan are what they are. Mm-hmm. With in depth, with some intelligence, then you probably don't want them. You know, I, somebody said to me the <laughs> other day. Well, I got this guy. He's going to do it for three percent. And I was like, Oh, really, three percent, buyer and seller side? And they're like, What?
0: <laughs>
2: I said, Did they offer to do it for three percent for the whole commission, or are they? T- About three percent per side. Per side times two. (laughs) Which is six percent. Your your challenge is if it's only three percent, the question is what are they not doing? Right. Are they gonna split it in half? Because I'll tell you, a two percent commission on the buyer's side is becoming more popular Mm -hmm. and seen quite a bit. I don't know anybody that'll take somebody to see a one and a half percent interest or one and a half percent listing. I mean, it's, I it's, do. We 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 just, you know, <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's it's almost my expenses. By the yeah. time I get done with split, and and I mean, again, you have to explain it to people. You know, it's, I get six percent, but that half. Half or more goes to me. The rest goes to the to the buyer side. Then I have my split with my broker. Then I have my expenses. I mean, I drop five to five hundred to a thousand dollars on every listing before it ever goes live. And that you know, those are things that somebody should be able to talk about. Right. Right. You, you got,
1: need- got to go through. You know, people think it's easy. Oh, it's a hot market. Why do I need a realtor?
2: Yeah. And wh- why do I need a realtor? Yeah. And why do I need to pay that? What do you get? I actually told the person I'm not. Right. I, said, I advised them. I told them about the industry. I told them, you know, my total commission is 6%, but in general, I'm going to get you because I've been a realtor for so long and because I know what I'm doing, I have a strategy to get you literally the most money available. And if you're interested in that, give me a call. If you want to know about the real estate industry, give me a call. I'll bend your ear for an hour over a cup of coffee.
1: Um, well, there there you have it. Hey, uh, shout out to Lisa. Hope you feel better soon. Oh, let's do a brand
2: squad. Let's do a brand squad. Hang on. Um, I'm going to pick. Well,
1: everybody knows brand squad. They're on point with your promotional products, thousands of items, thousands of ideas.
2: You know, I got them staring at me right here. She did that last week. So what about, oh, bags. Let's talk about bags. You know, they have these tote bags. Look. Hope bags are a great brand price for you, but for our friend Lisa, who is not here today, we're going to do a marketing minute. You should probably call uh, Lisa and talk about what she can do on bags because the reality is if somebody's carrying only, then they're seeing your brand everywhere in that function. A place like Sips and Salsa. Thing like uh, South Lake uh, Taste of South Lake. If you're thinking about that, you should be talking to Lisa about getting branded bags.
1: Get your branded bags. And thanks for joining us again. We'll have some cool stuff next week. And Banks
2: is with us next week.
1: Oh, we're gonna talk politics next we're week. S- I have a political thing to talk about next week, which is potential, but we're not gonna get into that tonight. But anyway, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week on the Jono Show.
2: See you next week. Bye-bye. And I love you. <laughs> Some air guitar. Little air guitar. (laughs)